of the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters? NBA playoffs, baby. <laughs> That's exactly right. We've had our uh, had our dosage of the NFL playoff, and and now we are truly at the heart of the NBA playoff. And you know what I I've told you before what I like about the NFL playoff is win or go home. The NC2A is win or go home. Baseball, basketball, I don't know if they're money hungry, if it's greed, or they just haven't got it yet. But until you have a, a situation where you actually have meaningful games, they don't mean anything. Well, now we've got some meaningful games. We, we've actually got the series where both on the east and the west, they're, they're actually tied up. It actually means something now to people, to fans, to, to players. I believe, I'm not so sure if it's not a situation where in the players maybe have gotten together. This is hypothetical, of course. The players might have gotten together and said, you know what, really, man, this really doesn't make any sense, you know, for us you know, at the beginning of this series, you know, just to go out and blow somebody out. If we do that, of course, they both kind of start off like that and look what happened. And and then, uh, of course, if you make it competitive, then you got the interest of all the fans and all the media and all these stories and, and greater exposure and, and, and more money. <laughs> this is This is what you want. You want a meaningful playoff. You want games to actually mean something. And, and, and thank God, you know, the Cavaliers against Canada. I, I know it's Toronto, but it's really the Cavaliers against Canada. Uh, that they showed up. And another one of the big boy shows out there, well, I guess it's the Little Brother Big Brother show, but they acknowledged the fact that they didn't get it right, that this was a professional basketball team in the National Basketball Association that had talented all-stars that could play ball, and it's just like in football, on any given, LeBron took the time to make an analogy and use football. I'm going to take the time and make an analogy and use football in the case of basketball. But on any given day, any given game day, any NBA team is capable of beating another NBA team. Regardless of what the factors are, it can happen. Whether that be due to injury, I'm sorry, but... There is there is a notation. I'm not going to say there's not a notation. There is a notation. If you check the stats all the way at the bottom, they'll give you a notation and they'll acknowledge players who did not play, maybe acknowledge even why injury out for the year, um, you know, something it'll acknowledge. There will be an asterisk at the bottom. But when it's all said and done, when you get those rings, no asterisk. No extended conversation. Like last year, LeBron lost it all. Um, you know, those of us who watched the series probably will say, well, you know, he didn't have two people on his team. Uh, they weren't available, two All-Stars. You know, you know, and they, these are, you know, pretty damn good ball players. You know, they're a little inconsistent, but they're damn good ball players. Uh, they can make a difference in, a, in winning and losing if they show up at the right time. Now, I think Kevin Love and, and you know, Kyrie, it, it, they're, they're creating questions about their superstar status. 
in this series. And I, I think they need to put those questions to rest. That this is the, this is what you yearned for last year. You both were injured and didn't get a chance to to finish the playoffs. Kevin didn't even make it into the final. And Kyrie, I think, got hurt in the first or second game. Uh, and, and Kyrie was doing a good job. Actually, I think the Cavs were up two one when he got hurt. But the fact of the matter is, this is what this is what you yearned for. This is what you put all those hours in the gym for. And the last couple games. There has been something missing with both of those games, the games of those two individual players, which we thought would make we, because there's a lot of people out here besides myself, and again, one of the big boy shows, or a couple of the big boy shows, as a matter of fact, uh, everybody was pretty much certain that the Cavaliers, now, I didn't say the Cavaliers were going to blow them out, I never said the Cavaliers were going to blow them out, I don't even thought I said the Cavaliers would sweep them. Maybe I did. I don't recall. I've had a few concussions in my life. I can, you know, legitimately make that, you know, take that position. But in all fairness, we're looking at another professional team. And people just don't give up for something that they work so hard for their entire lives. It's just, it's just not that simple that you just, you just give up. And, and that's, that's one thing that I, I would like those of you out there who don't understand why people are so excited about sports. It's just it's such a lesson to be learned that is very easy to take that example of what happens in the sport and apply it to your life. Sometimes it's difficult for people to accomplish things in life because they have no example. It's just like it's too uniquely different. It's an isolated situation, although nothing's very few things have happened in this world that have never happened before. Thank God to, you know, take these scientists and, and these very brilliant and bright minded people with technology. They, they keep pushing, pushing the envelope. They keep pushing and pushing and pushing. They come up with some new things. But the majority of times when you're talking about personal experiences and challenges in particular of how to address and get over and, and be successful when you have barriers in your life. Athletes do it all the time. Athletes do to David and Goliath daily, it happens. And that, that's why, at least for me, that, that's why, why the there's such great emphasis, emphasis in my life when I speak to young people who have some athletic inspirations. I don't try to kill those dreams. Because along that line of that developing and, and the success towards that goal of accomplishing something in athletics, you're doing something else. You can take those things that you learn and apply them to life. And, and that's what I think is just so good. So, so we look at Canada against the Cavaliers. And the entire state of Canada has, has been at these games. They, I mean, and they got one of the biggest celebrity stars who show up. Some reason or other, he showed back up. Drake was there. They're not giving up on their team. Their team's not giving up on them. Now, I'm, I'm going to say one thing. I've got to say this. You know, there, there is something about an element of familiarity to, to everybody that shows up in sports. There is a reason, and, I, and, and, and it's, it's probably been scientifically proven. I'm hoping that somebody's out there listening to the show, 888-346-9144. Can, can call in and help me with this because they've done their research and, and they found out that, you know what, there is something to say about this thing that we all call home field 
advantage, home court advantage. There is really something to this. You got it. You got to believe it. Why in the world could one team be so cold in one team's environment and be so hot in their environment? How can they make shots in their environment but miss shots in the other team's environment? Now, I will say this. I think the refs contribute to some of the things in terms of the amount of foul shots. I'm going to put that squarely on the referees. Now, why the re- I don't know why they do that. But, I'm, you know, you always hear people say, well, he wouldn't get that call in Canada, but he'd get that call in Cleveland. Or he wouldn't get that call in Cleveland, but he'd get that call in Canada. Of course, I'm talking about Toronto. Why is this thing of home field advantage? What, what is that? So the, the research is out there. It has to show that there is something that is truly significant. I can tell you, just, that's just a hypothetical. Let's say if you, if you walked into your home, right now somebody just pulled you. God forbid, we don't want to talk about being blind, so let's talk about your eyes are shut or you're blindfolded. Somebody could, you could walk into your house anytime knowing that you, the way you left it, when you left it, and if nobody touches it, you're familiar with that atmosphere so much so that you can go in with your eyes closed or blindfolded and make your way around. You could probably stand in some part of the house and dance and flip and do whatever you want to do because you know based upon where you are. And nobody walks you. You walk yourself. They open whatever door you come in. And from there, you're on your own. You know where you go, where you're going. When you get there. You know the setup of the room, and you can flip, dance, chill, relax, sit down. You can walk yourself to the bathroom and know when to sit down and flush the toilet. Is, is that the same kind of feeling? Now, of course, I'm asking you out there, when I've done this myself, I should, I should know this. I can tell you from my own experience, there is something about being in an environment of which you're very familiar with. You know, the locker room, on your way to the game, you you look at, see, part of it is this. When you travel from A to B and you're familiar with it, when you drive down, there's not so much of a distraction in terms of your focus. Because sometimes you've been in places you've never been before. You might want to look at it. You might want to see something. It's a little different to you. So you're paying more attention to those things than you are maybe on focusing on what the task is. You know the environment of where you're currently going to play if it's your same stadium, same stand, same people, season ticket holder. You you know all that. But when there's something different, maybe it distracts you a little bit. Because I got it. Somebody's got to answer to me why is it that teams can play so well at home and so poorly on the road. Now, some football teams will say sometimes it's better for them on the road than it is at home because when they make a mistake at home, they get booed by their own fans. <laughs> well, it's a shame when you don't make that mistake. But then again, at the same time, when you're on the road, you know, I always say, well, when you're on the road, the team at the quarterback can't even get the singles out because you, you got 60,000 people that are against you that are screaming and booing. So, you know, that's to your disadvantage. But there's some people who feel comfortable on the road in football. Basketball is different. I got to get somebody to explain to me why is it that this comfort zone shows up 
I mean, it really shows up in basketball. You know, it's a difference in 20 points, 30 points, 40 points. I mean, it really is a significant difference in terms of a comfort zone that one has when he plays at home in basketball. That surrounding, something about it. If you know a little bit about it, you research it. I, I bet you some research out there. I'm going to look it up myself. But we're going to continue to talk about that a little bit more. And then I'm going to also talk about these two teams. Uh, well, these two series, if you will. The Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. NBA final championship. Well, semifinal. Well, no, this is the final conference finals. This is it. Because then you got the NBA championship. So we're going to take a break. I think I got about uh, 30 seconds or so. We're going to take a break. But we're going to come back. LeBron, you know, it's still LeBron against the world, but, you know, this time it's uh, LeBron and the Cavaliers against Canada. But it, it, it's now a series, and we're going to talk about that when you come back. Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, we're back. Here to meet you, you know the show. It's the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Uh, what matters to me, NBA playoff, baby. That's right. This is the NBA playoff. A little different than the NFL playoffs, but still it's playoffs. It now counts. And it certainly counts for, for both of these two uh, conferences. The, 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 of course, the uh, Western Conference and the Eastern Conference series both tied. And uh, the money's on the line. It's time to step up or go home. You will. You got about two games, three games at the most to make that decision. You'll, you'll find out what you'll be doing for the finals, watching it like us, being a fan, or playing the game. And you get paid to play the game. So I, I hope, of course, that many of you get a chance to play the game. So uh, let's talk about playing the game. Uh, again, uh, I started off talking a little bit about um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, De LeBron James. Of course, you know, <laughs> one of the big boy shows. <clears throat> excuse me. Question about LeBron James, his performance. You know, LeBron said he was okay with his performance. He was happy with his performance. Uh, of course, there's some people that feel as if LeBron should step up in the end. You know, for years since LeBron has been in the league, it has always been questioned if LeBron wants to be the man at the end of the game that's taking the shot. 
if he wants to be the man, he certainly wants the ball in his hands to dictate who takes the shot, which I think is more important than actually taking the shot. Because if you're in control of it, and again, one of the greatest examples that ever happened, it might have been Steve Kerr, uh, where Michael Jordan had the ball in his hands and he, it, it was best that he passed the ball. And of course, uh, passing the ball uh, got them a championship because a uh, shot was made. I think it was Steve Kerr. If not, it was his teammate, one of the other teammates. Uh, but certainly, uh, what we want to think, think about here is LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. As a matter of fact, I think he moved in the other day in the, in the top five. He's in both of scoring and assist. So he, he must know a little bit about scoring and allowing somebody else to score because you don't get a chance to, to get into that company of those who have done it throughout the league history and be in the top five. And, and he might be even in the top three of those, both in scoring and assists. But I'm going to just go to top five. So with, with that being said, when you are assisting someone, they've got to do something to finish it off in order for it to go down in the record books as an assist. And that's to make the shot. And I'm still not comfortable with Kyrie Irving and, of course, Kevin Love have been just not showing up, doing what they need to do. Christian Thompson and also, also J.R. Reed, they, they need to contribute a little bit. I think Bella Vadova, we need a little bit more of him. We need him to go ahead and put him out there let him rough some folks up. When I say we, yeah, everybody else has a chance to embrace who, you know, their home team, you know, their favorite team. Well, come on. From the heart of it all, you know I'm going down with the Cavs. We're not going down. It's going down. So I, you know, I just wanted to, com I wanted to comment on that a little bit. And then I want to comment probably on what I think is the most interesting of this entire you know, playoffs and playoff series is Westbrook. You know, <laughs> listen, Westbrook has just, you know, him and Durant, I think, first of all, these are two men that are probably two of the best tandems you know, them two as a tandem is one of the best tandems that ever existed in terms of, you know, those two. I mean, what they do together and how they do it. Kevin Durant is 6'11", and Russell Rushbrook, you know, Russell, Russell is definitely a football player playing basketball. Russell reminds me of, you know, back in the day, you know, there was, you know, bump and run and football, you know, where you actually could actually hit a guy within five yards and then beyond. But let's just stick with the five yards. What I always felt about that is I always felt that that's a, that's a fight. I, I, I'm, I'm actually allowed, before some rules change, you could punch the dude in the head, in the helmet. I mean, punch him in the face. I mean, you, it was just like, go ahead, you know. Just tee off on him. And you got guys out there on the field that would actually do that. I, for me, I felt like it was a fight. It was a fight. I'll never forget when I was a rookie and I went to Philadelphia and I, I, I met a man by the name of Roy Nell Young. Roy was a first-round draft pick out of Alcorn. Shout out to Roy and Elbert. And one thing I went to Roy and I told Roy, see, Roy was a first-round draft pick. I was a 12th-round draft pick. He was a year before me. I played corner at Ohio State. He played corner at Alcorn. He was a first-round draft pick. I was a 12th-round draft pick, but they moved me to strong safety. So Roy never saw me play corner. Uh, he might have saw a game on TV, but he didn't really care. 
But what I liked about Roy, I went to Roy. Roy didn't need me to sign off on him. But I went to him to sign off on him because I, I always thought it's okay, and I still think it's okay, particularly your teammates and even somebody else. It's okay to have respect for another man's game. You just don't show him respect for his game when you're playing against him. You got it. You just don't show it to him. There's no need to. You might tell him later on or something, but when it's game day, you have no respect for his game. When they're talking about it, when, you know, when he's playing somebody else, you show tremendous respect. On game day, you have no respect for another man's game. So I'm watching Roy play, and I got tremendous – he on my team, so I can have respect. I got tremendous respect because Roy is, excuse me, kicking ass at the line of scrimmage and taking names. And, and they probably taking his name because he ain't letting them off the – it's a fight on the line of scrimmage. When Russell Westbrook has that ball in his hands and he going down court, Russell is not – Going, or he is not trying to get away from contact or combat or a fight or a child. Russell is all about let's do it, let's get it done. Who, who wants this? Who wants some of this right now? Let's go full speed 300 and whatever miles an hour he can go. He going 365 days a year. Russell Westbrook played basketball the way basketball, he's aggressive. I can't think of anybody else in the NBA now that has the aggression. Well, I'm going to take that back because LeBron got some of that in him. When LeBron decides to do it, he, he does it. They got aggression in their game. You can see the physicality in their game, in, in, in their face. The, the emotion is, is there. It's so easily seen and witnessed. You can tell when they're playing with passion. What Russell, when he's not playing with passion, is obvious. You can see when he's not when he when he's frustrated for whatever reason. If he's frustrated, I'm okay because he's passionate. It's when there's a lack of emotion from Russell is when I get I'm concerned because he plays with his emotions on his sleeve. You can tell when he's into the game. His emotions are there. I'm going to tell you one thing that Russell will not say. Kevin knows it. And Kevin may answer the question if somebody ever says it to him. But I'm going to tell you what Russell definitely wants the people to know. That Steph Curry is not better than he is. That's what Russell's, Russell's out to get him a championship. But Russell wants to get that championship through Golden State. He wants to, as a matter of fact, maybe even more than winning the championship because if they lose against LeBron, I guess they can just, you know, it could justify that, you know. That's LeBron James. Steph Curry, he, he, he's insulted that Steph Curry and everybody else is trying to write Steph Curry into the conversation of being the greatest player when LeBron ain't really retired, certainly ain't retired, still got some more years in. And the man is in the championship, you know, right there in the championship series. And you beat him one time. He didn't have his starters with him. But even so, you just, like, put him way up the top here. And you forgot about this other dude over here where you need to stop and think about, oh, isn't there somebody named Russell Westbrook? That's, that's a damn good point guard, too. Now, remember, now, for a while, Russell couldn't even get the respect of his peers or those in the media for his ability of playing point guard. 
you know, Russell basically was being aggressive because he needed to be aggressive for his team to win games. And people were being critical of him, telling him, you need to give the ball more to Kevin Durant because it's not about you. It's all about Kevin Durant. When those people didn't understand that, you know, Kevin Durant is who Kevin Durant is. Russell Westbrook is who he is. Together, we're the best and one of the best antennas in basketball. We feed off each other. That's why he's as good as he is. That's why I'm as good as I am, because we feed off each other. I'm not interfering with his success. He's not interfering with my success. We complement each other. But no, that people were so critical of what, just look a couple years ago. You, you'll see it. You'll read it. You'll watch it. This man was on his way to being one of the best players possibly all around, and people were complaining about his competitive spirit, calling it selfishness, calling it was about him. I'm talking about the big boy show right now. Russell Westbrook brings a fire to a game of passion that you guess what? You can't teach that. That is one of the elements that makes the difference in greatness and goodness when it comes to athletes. That's the difference in I want him on my team and who you want. That is what separates you and puts you in a conversation that very few people ever get to that conversation. This man plays with the game in such a status that it's like I have to win or I am going to lose. That's how he plays the game. He plays his games like that. I have to win or I'm going to lose. It's, it's, it's win or go home for him all the time. And when he is emotionally detached, you can tell it's not there. You can tell he ain't playing with that passion that he has. That fire that's in him. But when you see that fire and that passion, they can win any game and beat anybody. Now, I'm going to be honest with you now. I'm a little concerned about the Cleveland Cavaliers having to play Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Okay, see, I'm a little concerned about that. Golden State, they got enough incentive that they can get to that, pass that, win that championship. OKC, now everybody wants to say, well, OKC got to get past Golden State. i tell you what, Steph Curry ain't no punk. But Steph Curry knows that this is kind of like, I'm going to go ahead and call this Thomas Hearns and Sugar Ray. That's what you got right there. You got Thomas Hearns and Sugar Ray in a fight when them two get together. It's gonna take me. It's gonna take me a little bit longer to break that down, and explain that to you. You, you got to have more than you know twenty years on this earth to know who I'm talking about. So if you're twenty and under, you ain't gonna know what I'm talking about here. But if you're twenty and older, we're gonna have a conversation. I'm gonna finish that conversation after this break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You know the show, you listen to Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters, NBA playoffs, baby. That's exactly right. We waited for it. It finally developed. We're in the final four. We got four very good teams. Now we have a series. It's series down to three, two games, possibly three. Two to three games is what we have here now on each side of the, you know, of the country. So you, the, the West or the East, it's going to be three games or two games. So we may have four or we could have two and three. It could be five or it could have three and three. It could be six. But certainly <laughs> we're going to have at least four games, uh, possibly, you know, five or six. But anyway, before we went to break, and, and, and we, those of us out here who've been in the sport, a lot of times you, you can go to different places and different sporting events, and there's an element of your sport at that event. It kind of reminds you, and that's why I was trying to early on, you know, figure out this home court advantage for the NBA teams, as it seems to be so much different than a home field advantage for football players, because they're really, it really shows up. It really makes a difference. It's almost as if, you know, the court is the same size. The arenas are different in sizes. The light element is a little bit different. I think I, I think it still needs to be at a certain minimum of brightness. Um, but, again, the amount of room to, you know, surrounding courts, where the seats are, where the fans sit in the seats. As a matter of fact, last night I think there was a fan that was escorted from the game. I thought it was going to be Drake, but it wasn't. But there was a fan that was escorted from, I think he was a heckler over there near the Cavaliers bench. Uh, that was a, a, a great price to pay for such an historical event, and that is to see your team win the second, you know, game uh, in, in a um, series of this magnitude, and you you lost that experience. Now, one thing everybody remembers, you're the guy that got thrown out, because I'm sure it wasn't a lady, 
but but there's something to this home court advantage that that's playing out. So so that's one element of which you can consider to be similar in different sports. Another element is the level of competition and 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 the amount of venom that these guys spit when they come into the the arena to compete against one another. And some have different demeanors, but there are some who have a demeanor that is so obvious it's on their face you can read it you can see it uh they they show it in the amount of intensity they bring to the arena to compete against their 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 other um competition and and i would say that a lot of times there are some who do it very mild-manneredly but the ones who who do it with compassion and wear their emotions on their sleeves it's obvious to people well Sometimes there's a David and Goliath thing, kind of thing that happens, but then there's other times where there's some competition and, and there are two contrasting types of approach in terms of their demeanor and their style, and I witnessed that. And we, or those of us who've been on this earth for, you know, sometimes, a couple of different decades, plus a couple more, maybe a more, we've witnessed this happen in a boxing ring. And, and in particular, uh, it made me think about this when, when I was thinking about what's happening in the Western Conference Championship, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm looking at the personalities and I, and I found something that I wanted to share with you. And I, and I opened up a little bit about it. And that is this personality that, that appears to me in these two teams of their two leaders uh, or co-leaders, if you will, because I think both of these, you know, you, 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 you got, you know, co-leaders on these teams. And, and so, but, but let me talk about the two that I'm talking about. And that is... Yes, you heard me. I said it earlier. Sugar Ray and Thomas Hearns reminds me a lot of Steph and Russell. You, you know, it's like Steph is going to be Sugar Ray and R R Russell is going to be Thomas Hearns. You know, and it's like they both kind of remind you the personalities that those people had back in the day. You know, Russ is, you know, kind of quiet, kind of you know, mild mannered, but you know, he's a little rough around the edges. And then when he gets on the court, he just let it all go. He just let it all out. And that's that's the way Tommy was. Tommy was, you know, Tommy was, you know, kind of a little quiet, you know, he talk a little bit, you know, and have a whole lot, you know, had his own style and everything. But when he got into the ring, knocked you out. Just knocked you out. People were afraid to get in the ring with Thomas Hearns. Tommy didn't play. Sugar Ray, come on, the man's name is Sugar Ray. <laughs> what else you can what else is it to say? His name is Sugar Ray. Steph Curry all day. All day. That's that's Steph. Steph, you know, he, come on, man. Smooth as the other side of the pillow. <laughs> but but a quiet assassin. Just take you out. Take, before you know it, you turn around, Steph got about 30 points in his halftime. Smooth. Did, you thought he was doing it, but you didn't know he was. Did he really do it like that? Did he really get me? He knocked me out. The fight is over. It's over. That's how smooth Steph is. That's Sugar Ray. Man, so when you think about these two, and, and, and you think about these two personalities on the basketball court, it's a perfect match. That's, that's what you see on the court right now. And I just, I just can't wait to see them play again. Because Russell, I think Russell is like, like Tommy back in the day. I think Tommy was a little pissed off that Sugar Ray was getting 
you know, he was the man everybody was talking about. You know, Tommy was a bad boy too, but, you know, Sugar Ray was the one that kissing the babies, you know. Sugar Ray was, you know, the playboy, the pretty boy, you know. And Tommy felt like he should have got some of that action. And it, of course, for what he was doing in the ring was justifiable for him to feel that way. But everybody was more, they were embracing Sugar Ray. And so now you got Russell Westbrook. And, and Russell feels like he's a stepchild. Russell Westbrook is one of the best basketball players in the National Basketball Association. One of the best I've ever seen. Steph Curry, too, is one of the greatest shooters I've ever seen. Never seen anybody shoot consistently better than him. You might have a game or two. He does it all the time. And, and that's the thing about Russell Westbrook, too. Man, this man is just, you've never seen somebody play at the level of intensity consistently the way he does, the way he delivers it night after night after night after night after night. And to have a superstar on the team with him, a league most valuable player. Russell, they say Russell was in that conversation. I remember now there's an undertone to this conversation too. And there are a couple people, although it was insulting because he didn't get one vote, but supposedly Russell Westbrook was in the conversation of the league most valuable player, but did not get a vote from anybody. Not in terms of, okay, you got one vote, only vote. It was him. It was Steph. Russell didn't get any of those, okay. You know, some consideration, yes. But the vote, it was unanimous. So everybody looked at Russell and looked at Steph and said, nah, nah, Steph is the best player. And no competition, hands down. That's what they said. Everybody looked at LeBron and said, yeah, but nah, Steph is the man. No, no doubt about it. This is it. He's the man. So, so for Steph, what's really, 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 really going to be important to him, for him to really get his place this year, in the history books is to have that acknowledged and then go win a championship knowing that maybe last year LeBron didn't really mean that much to him because remember he was back in Cleveland trying to do what he was trying to do and that is bring a championship to the city of Cleveland Uh, but he was more focused on that and they had some you know a little rough time but again his two superstars went down on him so that made it difficult for him. This year, LeBron's got his superstars, but he had a problem with the coach. So he had, he had to orchestrate a deal that, you know, that although they said LeBron had nothing to do with it, okay, let's say that. But somebody felt as if the coach had to go. And so the GM made a decision, and, and the owner made a decision. I'm sorry, the owner made a decision, so the coach had to go. So now you got the right coach. So now this is a competition where Steph has to go through Russell, who's been disrespected and not even considered. Well, you know, the name came up once or twice, but they're like, no. And LeBron, the name came up once or twice, was considered, but they're like, no. This is Steph. Steph is the man. So, so, so th- there's so many underlying messages in this. I, I, I just think it makes an interesting story the way it's playing out now. The way it's playing out now, because now you got a series. Steph has to go through Russell to get the championship. LeBron has to take the championship from Steph 
in order for him to be King James again. So I think that's really interesting. So let's, let's keep our eye on that, and, 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 and we'll talk about that a little bit next week. We'll close out uh, next week for sure. But, you know, I, I just thought that was very, very interesting. There's something else that I think is very interesting. I, I want to talk a little bit about it. I might talk a lot about it, <laughs> but I'm, I, I want to talk a little bit about Tom Brady and, and you know, this whole thing about it, Tom continues to contest the fact that, hey, he, the flake gate, man, that's not me. You know, every, you're putting this on me, and I'm, I, I got to shoulder the blame for all this, and, and it's not me. Now, for whatever reason, uh, Tom Brady, I believe, appears to be the only person you know, that really is, is suffering consequences. Now, I might have missed something that helped me if I did. But I don't know if there were consequences to anybody. Well, obviously, there was consequences to the team because they lost draft choices. And, and they lost, um, you know, so they lost draft choice. So, so the team, and they lost money. So, so I take that back, that, that I'm aware of that. I just had a football moment there. But in terms of personally, is Belichick really taking it on the chin? That's Kraft really taking it on the chin. Tom Brady feels like he's, he, he's taking this on the chin. And I think Tom wants to show them that he has a strong chin. But at some point in time, why was it that Tom would feel, I'm interested in knowing why Tom, when he, what point in time was it he made a decision that unlike Kraft, I'm not giving up. Unlike Belichick, I'm not giving up because Belichick and Kraft, I'm sure they got together and they talked about this thing and they said, okay, let the chips fall with it. You know, we're just going to ride it out. So they're going to take some draft. Okay, I got to pay some money. Okay, we're going to do that. Tom Brady says no. Now, what, what, what Tom Brady doesn't understand, I don't believe. And the Players Association is going with him on this, you know, and I'm a, I'm a member of the Players Association. So, but, you know, sometimes, listen, I understand family is family. But you know, sometimes family might be wrong, and and maybe I need to understand a little bit more. But I believe me now, Demora Smith ain't no joke. Demora Smith is no joke. And for some reason, I believe if Demora Smith, as an attorney, remember now, Demora Smith is one of the most from one of the most powerful lobbying firms in the United States of America, which means of the of the, the whole world, the free world. That's where he came from. One of the most powerful lobbying law firms in the country. So if this man needs to get a feel as to, you know, what's the environment around this issue, particularly when this issue goes beyond this situation, this could set a new precedence. So if, if you're talking about collective bargaining and what you negotiate in collective bargaining and that then being able to go back and somehow be renegotiated, I'm sure that this man has thought about it. And I'm sure Roger has thought about it. And this is going to be very, very interesting stuff here because, you know, the whole thing is, again, the Big Boy Show talked about this a little bit, is that this is going to go beyond because when you set precedence, when you're in the court of law, what you try to do is you try to use another example of something where it could apply in this case, which means you could look at other stuff and you open up Pandora's box real big. You open it up all the way. You're peeling every layer of the onion back. This could be very interesting, very costly, but very interesting. 
I'm going to have to take a break and come back. And I'm going to continue to talk about that as well as UCLA. Are they still amateurs out there? Really? <laughs> we'll talk about it when we come back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Show you listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and what matters is NBA playoff, baby. Yes, sir. We got, we got it going down. Now we got the Cavaliers up against Canada, because all of Canada is rooting for Toronto. Not just some of all of Canada is rooting for. Toronto to beat the Cavaliers. So, whereas Golden State and OKC, well, you know, there's a split around around the country, around the, around the world for them, but uh, not necessarily the way the Cavaliers are what they're up against. But uh, but good basketball, you know, and and something that uh, is the last four games, I would say. Uh, well, let's say the last two games in each series uh, has been something that is. Uh, created a little um, interesting moment for the status of the playoffs. And it is that it now is worthy of talking about and watching because it could make a difference as to who you'll be watching a few weeks from now. So I'm, I'm really, really happy about that. Uh, and as I told you, uh, Sugar Ray and, and Tom Hearn showed up there. Uh, you can watch them, of course, when Golden State is uh, playing OKC. And that, of course, is my version of Steph Curry and uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, but uh, and LeBron, of course, he's uh, doing the best he can with what he can, uh, but he's going to make it happen. But I started to talk a little bit about Tom Brady and the collective bargaining agreement, and, and I, let, let's say this, I have not completely absorbed and understand all aspects of the collective bargaining agreement. So in case I misspeak, uh, please uh, allow me a chance to correct myself. But from what I understand about this 
collective bargaining is this process was for the purpose that that's what the organization, um, those two organizations got together and collectively bargained and agreed upon how the league would operate and who would do what, who was responsible for what, whether it be compensation, whether it be equipment, whether it be rules, whether it be stadium expansion, whatever, but, but whatever they were to do, it would be collectively bargained, and then there would be an agreement. And according to the agreement is how the operation of the business would continue to exist for until the agreement expires. And I believe that agreement expires. Oh, God only knows when. But we've got a few more years. But the fact of the matter is uh, part of that agreement, well, I, from what I understand, is that um, Roger Goodell would have the party in his office uh, would would have the rights to determine, um, you know, what would happen when players were to be disciplined, and uh, if indeed a player did something um, that was within the boundaries that required some discipline for some action of which took place on the player's part. Uh, Roger Goodell's in his office, you know, had the rights to determine what the consequences would be. And I'm sure they felt that after this investigation of the Flategate, that it was worthy of some discipline to be dealt towards the New England Patriots and in particular Tom Brady because of his participation. I believe at one point in time it was discovered that there was text messages. There was a cell phone that belonged to Tom Brady that Tom himself admitted he destroyed. I think Tom was, and this, I want to be careful, I'm not sure. I don't recall specifically if it was said this way or reported this way that he was advised to destroy that cell phone. But be it as it may, we find ourselves in a position now where uh, the National Football League and, and Roger Goodell uh, wants to suspend Tom for four games of the first season of the season of this season uh, and not allow him to play. And Tom, of course, wants to appeal that to the highest court he possibly can and um, is exercising the rights that we as citizens of this United States, we have. And so, therefore... That's what he's doing. Um, to me, it's, it's just it's, it's something that you negotiate. Now, people do this all the time. People negotiate. Then when they don't like what they negotiate, then they want to go back and they want to renegotiate. I've been in a position where I've wanted to. I remember I was in a position one time that I, I asked to. But when I asked to, they said no. And they said no because they know or they, they said, well, we know you're going to take us to the bank next year. Well, the bank's not always open the following year. And what I mean by that is I got hurt the next year. In fact, I got hurt that year, the first game. So there never was a next year to take them to the bank. You have to strike when the iron is hot. And so if, if Tom feels that his only recourse to clear his name and to somehow or another rectify a wrong, 
is to go about it now at any expense, then he has to do it. Because when it's over, it, it's over. He's not going to get – if they suspend him for four games, it's not like he, you can add four years to the end of his career. You, you certainly can't add four games to, to this season. So instead of a 16-game season, he would be participating in a 12-game season. And I, I don't know if they will allow him to go to training camp and all that. So if, 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 if that's something else you want to consider, if indeed they're said he's suspended, when does the suspension start? And does he miss training camp? I don't know about that. Does he get to play the preseason games? I, I, don't, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know the details of the suspension, but it certainly is something that you, know, you certainly want to consider. And I, I'm sure it's something that Tom is considering as well. But be it as it may, I, you know, the whole thing about the collective bargaining agreement, again, I want to say is that the power of the discipline of the players was negotiated. And, and now I'm not talking necessarily about Tom. I'm talking about the Players Association, of which I'm a member of, although I, I wasn't there. I didn't vote on this. I didn't have a, uh, you know, I didn't have a vote on this situation. But... I would think we would consider something like that. You know, okay, do we want to give him all the power? Or should this be a committee? And, and you know, like any negotiations, you know, there's a give and take. And so maybe it was a give and take kind of thing. And it was a situation whereas, you know, the discipline of a player, again, I think sometimes, you know, you look at it and it needs to be done. Rogers not been doing a bad job of it at all, but this is just a situation where I guess somebody wants to take it to another level. So, you know, everybody else took their suspensions and they left, went home. You know, Tom's going to be a little different. So, uh, let's move on for that from that. And 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 let me say something else as we're closing here. UCLA gets a new deal. Have you heard about this amateur? This is amateur sports. In case you guys out there want to be amateurs. Amateur Sports just got a 15-year deal. Amateurs being UCLA got a 15-year, $280 million contract with Under Armour. $280 million. I remember I was pissed off back here. We played in a bowl game against Penn State. In, I'm going way, way, way back in 1980. I didn't even know what the, I didn't even know what the money was, but I was pissed off. Because I had to wear some shoes that a coach in, a, in, 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 the, in the organization got the, the money for, and I had to wear the shoes. I didn't even like the shoes. The shoes hurt my feet. I didn't want to wear them, but I had to wear them. But they got all the money. I didn't get any money. And these are amateurs now. We were amateurs then. I didn't think we were amateurs then. I didn't think they're amateurs now. I don't think they're amateurs now. Especially not when all the money, $280 million? Under Armour? Really? Are the rest of the students involved in this? Can, 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 can a quarterback get a pair of shoes for his dad for, for Father's Day? Can he give his dad, can you give him some shoes so he can give his father for Father's Day? I mean, really? 280, that's just one contract. I don't even know what, what, it, what, it, what the details of the contract are. But you're giving somebody $280 million for 15 years to promote your stuff, to wear your merchandise. To put your name on TV so everybody can see that UCLA is wearing it. And guess what? But don't, these guys wearing it, don't think a lot about them. They're just amateurs. They're not the big boys. These are just amateurs. We'll give them $280 million. They don't really have any real impact. They're not doing anything for us, really. Man. And the rest of that story, if you believe me, <laughs> will be told another date. But... 
I just want to add a little humor to it, but it's good to see they're getting their money. Of course, uh, not only did they get some money, uh, you know, but I guess Notre Dame's got some money, Auburn's got some money, Wisconsin's got some money from them. From that's from Under Armour. Nike, of course, they got Ohio State, Michigan, and Texas gave them big money. All amateurs. I'll tell you what, this amateur is going to hang up because it's about that time to go. So I'll tell you what, I'll be back next week. You come back and listen to me here on Voice America. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.